That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker What's up, jobbers, and welcome to the latest edition of the Jobber Knocker Podcast. As always, it's Nestlemania alongside for the ride is a man whose favorite band is Blank 180. Shoosh! JC. That was pretty good. And now, you know what, Bob? Fun fact about JC, that was my second ever CD was the Blink 182 CD with the nurse on it. It was my second ever CD as a kid. So. Do you know she was a porn star? Did you know that? I that I mean, how old was I? Ten? Like I don't I don't know. I mean, I, the songs. Were I liked very... all the the songs that I had heard that everyone knew. Are you a Blink? My fan, first by CD way? was Smash Mouth. My second CD was Blink One Eight Two. Oh wow, Smash Mouth! Now you're yeah. Now you're hitting. Hey, me. hey, you're I mean, a lot younger than you, Nestle. So I was like a kid. A so that longer. stuff really spoke to Give me. Give me a break. I am. Four I'm years? freaking like I'm ten years younger than you. Ten years? If you if if there if somebody out there actually thinks you look younger than me right now. That'd be ridiculous. Well, because I can actually grow facial hair. Oh, like there it is. Low blow right off the bat about my facial hair problem. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> it's a decent week of wrestling. We've had a lot to talk about, a lot to see, to analyze, if that's a word. Let's get into it. It's shine time, my friend. Yeah? Always in the shine, much like Mandy Rose, who is still your uh, NXT Women's Champion, which uh, we're going to get. You know what, WrestleMania? I'm going to switch it up. We're going to start with that here in the shine. We're going to start with a little Halloween Havoc here on NXT. And that is because not only did Mandy retain, but my favorite part of the NXT show was those haunted house segments we got where Alba kind of invited Toxic Attraction to come and she slowly dissected and took away JC and Gigi. I thought both of them were great in this segment with their comic relief, like especially JC with her like reactions and being scared. But the, the thing of it was we know with Alba, it's like she's once pretty much taking on three. This is like her third time at the NXT title. So she picks them off one by one until she can get Mandy, throws her in the truck, takes her to the arena, but... Eventually, what happens with Toxic? They always got her girls back. They come back to stop the cheating Alba fire. And Mandy wins clean one, two, three in the middle of the rain with the best knee in the wrestling business, baby. And that's why she's always in the shine. Are you part of the Mandy Rose fan clubs and also best friends with a, uh, you know, a Wade Barrett? Because it sounds like you said clean win and a cheating Alba fire. Is yeah, Wade Barrett probably is the smartest man on commentary because he is the only one that gives Toxic Attraction the credit they deserve. I enjoyed it. I uh, I thought that uh, our girl Gigi did a fantastic job with the Halloween stuff. She's she's right there with it. Uh, this was a for me a, a character development moment for JC because most of the time, and I, I I say this very much biased because I'm staring at a certain person in Toxic Attraction and not JC, but uh, JC uh, she really had some character here, and I was thinking to myself, this was really good. And I think our boy Dom pointed out that. This felt more production level quality of a, of a movie, uh, and they did a great job with it. And then you know, then you have the match, which again isn't bad. Uh, but I do love the haunted house stuff, and I just thought uh, Alba did a great job of the match too. I'm just glad she didn't win. 
because to me, I think if she had won, it kind of just deflates the whole situation. But she wasn't one. That Mandy's Mandy's gonna get well over a year. I mean, I honestly I don't expect her probably to lose to WrestleMania weekend. Um, my guess at that point it'll probably be Roxanne, but I think we have a ways to go before we get there. Yeah, uh, because she really is the future of the business. I think uh, in the women's division, but but we have a long way to go before then. So I mean, look, that's like the third time Alba's challenged Mandy. I've enjoyed all three of them. I think they got great chemistry. Um, I think Alba is one of the most talented women they have in the entire company. Period. Um, I think hopefully she's up on her way up sooner rather than later because I mean I think she's done all she can do uh, between NXT and NXT UK so I'm excited to see her get to the next step but yeah no um, it's this was great because a lot of the times these segments can be a risk because yes we know part of being a wrestler especially in WWE is you do have to be kind of an actor but as we know there are a lot of people who really struggle with that but I thought Toxic Attraction did a great job in their roles because like JC and Gigi really had to sell us on this segment like with their little like quips and quirks and I mean like yeah I thought they both did a great job and they both exceeded my expectations so I'm happy for them because obviously Mandy's on a, on a huge level and when they go up to the next level officially we've seen a little bit of toxic there it's just like they've needed a little more seasoning but I think this character stuff definitely will help maybe hide some of the flaws. I do want to point out that the ladder match at the beginning of the show to me was mm. chef kiss. I loved all five. Shout out Wesley. Yes. Well I, deserved. And uh, yeah, boy, boom, six for six on predictions, uh, even though we didn't predict it on the podcast. So, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, uh, but uh, how, how much are you, but you behind only me? Only six. You're, That's yeah, easy. Only six. Only six. Yeah. Give me an AEW. Because I got five right, baby. Give me, give me AEW and it'll be all set with 13 matches. I'll, I'll find Dang. a way. AEW is the reason why I have the lead. For I some know. reason, I, I predict know. AEW like perfectly. <laughs> It must be you and Tony Khan must be well, great. I just think friends. like Tony Khan. I think like a fucking virgin fan. And I'm like, this is how he's going to book it. Yikes. A virgin fan, you say? Yeah. All right. Uh, I do want to say that the, I'm very happy Wesley won because he's had quite a tumultuous uh, year or so. And yeah. so it's nice to see him get his comeuppance. And he was, to me, he was the only one because I think Melo's on his way up. Uh, the other four, oh, sorry, the other three, to be honest with you, Frazier's great, but I don't think the crowd really would have cared too, too well, much. it's weird with Here's him because, like, I think I think he is really over when the crowd's there. I picked him just because I was like, I was like, I feel like it's gonna be him or Wesley because, like you, I'm like, it's, I don't think it's gonna be Mellow. I don't even know really who that other guy is, the Oro guy, really at all. He's just kind of shown up, so that would have been a weird thing. And then we know Vaughn was just in there for the car crashes because uh, you always need a big man in a ladder match. But yeah, no, that match between that match and then the like the the haunted house segments, I really much did enjoy Halloween Havoc. Uh, there are other good stuff that maybe we can hit on later in WrestleMania, sure. but I would like to shift gears to raw because you know what if you look at the title of this podcast you know where i'm going because i think my favorite thing in wrestling right now and this is saying something when you got mjf the acclaimed sammy and the bloodline but it's like the second dom mysterio grabs a mic i like never feel more interested in wrestling in that moment because the reactions he gets are insane and i just like it's so weird for a guy that was just like Fallout was like, I want to hear what he has to say. And when he called himself this generation's Eddie, and it was like, oh, no, actually, Eddie was that generation's dumb Mysterio, and he's busting out his accent. I was like, holy fuck. Like, when did this kid find his groove with promos? Like, we've kind of noticed it the last few weeks. He hasn't had to do much, but when he does, it's so effective. But this week, I felt like they gave him a little more rope to, like, kind of hate himself, and he didn't. I thought he made a lasso and fucking, boom, nailed that fucking ball. Like, I don't know what it is, but, like, the Judgment Day, it's like, it feels like it should be the same shit every week. It's just, like, they come out and kind of promo, but for some reason, when I look back in the week, it's still one of the most compelling things on TV. 
I look, I agree. I think it's hilarious in general. And our boy Aaron's in the in the chat. What's up, Aaron? Uh, it, LOL was hilarious when he said that. I agree. We all agree. It's so good. But here's so the thing. Good. Here's the thing. And I and I'm not taking away from Dom Mysterio because he's doing a great job. And I think Judgment Day. You know, especially I think Finn. Even though Finn and Rhea aren't necessarily the leaders, they feel very much front and center. Yeah. And Priest, I'm kind of forgetting about. I mean, he's still very, very, very good. But it's really Finn poking and prodding people. It's Rhea body slamming fucking Dak, Doc Gallows, whatever you know, Luke Gallows, whatever. And Your like, boy. I, I sat that when she fucking body slammed him, all I went was like, all right, I already have a hard enough time with the OC, but to see Rhea body slam gallows, I was just like, fucking time of death. You know, like it was, you can't, like you couldn't make the judgment day cooler in my mind with Finn and his fucking abs and Rhea looking like a fucking She-Hulk, you know, and Dom doing this fucking like- The El- mullet! The, the Ellsworth-ish stuff. <laughs> And, you know, and then the, she body slams him. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, these, the, the crowd is going to turn on the Judgment Day because they're going to enjoy the Judgment Day down the line. Like, I, it's not happening right now, but, like, just anything organic, the heels eventually become the baby faces. And yeah. It's just, and it, it's, when I'm watching this, I'm like, Rhea is going to end up getting a huge tidal wave coming her way. Like, it's, you can see it building. Like, it's slow. It's building. It's building. And then once fucking after wrestling, not wrestling, probably Royal Rumble, it's fucking, con- it's just, Rhea is going to riptide the shit out of people, and I hope she beats Bianca Belair, because she's ready. She's ready. I might have something later in my hope about Rhea now. I'm kind of feeling inspired, and it doesn't have to do with Bianca Belair, because I'm pretty married to Bianca and Charlotte at WrestleMania. Married. Uh, so, look, very quickly, though, uh, is he, so here's here's a debate, very quickly, one second debate. Is Dom Mysterio <laughs> better than Eddie Guerrero? <laughs> <laughs> I like come on. No, I know, but he's better than Ellsworth. He's better than Ellsworth. We'll give him that. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. But he at least has a chin. But no, it just the reason why it was so effective was not only because of like how ridiculous the statement was, but it was like just like we were introduced to Dom Mysterio over the custody battle between Eddie and Ray. So Dom just mentioning his name in general is going to get attention. And that's why it's like, I'm glad they felt kind of saved it for that because it felt like, Ooh, because it's not something like that he goes to every week, but like he just went to it when we least expected it. And it was just kind of like, Man, this should be the part where we're getting sick of this bullshit. Right. Because it's like a six-man tag, but it's like, you give me that one little line, and boom, I'm in. It's the best if thing you, the Here's the thing. If you leaned in, legit, if you leaned into him being Eddie Guerrero's son, like, if he came out in a fucking purple lowrider with Judgment Day... But see, here's I'd the thing. Be I, I'd be done. I, think, I don't know I think what I would save, do. I think I would laugh save so hard. that stuff oh, for, for when he goes one-on-one with his dad. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's yeah. when you go back, but I like that we got a little, like, a little taste. A little taste, a little, little snack. Bertsky, any Dom with two hands has a fighting chance. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that was the other part of the segment is obviously the fucking Snorsey came out and yeah. had a very cringe promo, and AJ was, AJ was trying to say Ellsworth but, like, couldn't speak, and oh my you got God. the other two idiots. But, hey, you know what? Then we had a match, and Finn beat Carl, so that was good. Carl, the toughest Carl. man in the room. Carl. Yeah. Hey, Carl. I just... Look, I uh, I'm glad that they had a good match. It was fun. What was I didn't it? enjoy, uh, this should be in the heat, but it was since we're connected tissue. Uh, the balls stuff at the uh, later on in the second or third hour with the ice packs and the balls and the, you know, we got a Rhea problem. I'm curious where we go because I don't know if they're gonna grab Beth Phoenix. I don't know if they're gonna grab some other. 
Woman I don't from think NXT? we're gonna get that stuff till after Crown Jewel, as we lead oh, into yeah. War Games. I yeah. think that's when we get the Beth and Edge stuff back. I think we're gonna get through the Crown Jewel with the six man tag, and Rhea will probably body slam Gallows over there. So, hey, you know what? It's gonna be fun. I, there's something about it that just seems fun. So I'm, I'm yeah. The gonna... Judgment Day, the Judgment Day is good TV. Yeah, which we, I, I'm still floored. It was like three months ago, even. It was, it's, yeah, it's it's a heads and tails kind of thing. All right, anything else that you're excited about this week, or we get a short? Yeah, week? I mean, it's like it's one of those things where I don't think we're appreciating. I mean, I think a lot of us are, but like how good Solo Sokoa is already. Like his match against Sheamus, and he picks up the win on SmackDown. Like that felt like a first like main roster really signature win because obviously Sheamus has been as hot as anyone lately, and like Solo to go in there and hold his own. Like, and obviously we know all the story stuff with Sami Zayn, like that stuff's all been great, but on that SmackDown, it really felt like, okay, like this is, this is again, this is another solo moment for solo. And he just continues to shine. This is a kid that every opportunity he's gotten, I think he's taken and run with it. And I think it's just so impressive. Um, And it just, it's, it makes me feel good because like, he's going to be, have the spotlight shine on him and to see him shining in that spotlight and not slipping up, I think is really good to see. It's amazing to me that he's 10 years younger than Roman Reigns. He's eight years younger than his brother. So like they're going to weed out and he's still going to be around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I, like he's already at this level. Not that he's going to be the one that beats the tribal chief, but I, but like if you listen to interviews between solo or you listen to Roman Reigns, Roman's like, I'm dragging my family up and yeah. I expect the next generation to drag that up higher. And so like, Solo Sequoia is the answer to that equation, I think. I think, you know, I'm not putting too much stock in the guy, but you can see Sequoia. it. Sequoia. Sequoia. Every time. Sequoia. He shouldn't be Solo. He shouldn't be Sequoia. So- so- be- solo Sequoia. Sequoia. No, you just don't want it because you can't say it. You always see Sequoia like the goddamn tree. I just, you know what it is? It's one of those things where, like, my brain can't happen. Yeah, like I know. Tree. Like the tree. Because yeah. that's the best. It's like every time you say it, you just keep on going. Because yeah, I'm like, he doesn't listen, even realize he listen, said it. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know what? I know I'm going to screw it up, so I might as well own it. You know what I mean? And just yeah. let people make fun of me for it. Solo, Sakoa. I know I can there do it. There it is. I know Say I can it. do it. Give him a round Sequoia. of applause. Can't do it. See? Sakoya, Sakoya, Sakoa, Sakoya. I can't do it. It's a whole thing. But anyway, he's a fucking, he's a fucking stud. Anyway, uh, yes, we know that uh, they actually, I, I would assume Seamus' arm was broken or, or hurt or whatever. Yeah, before. I feel like they're going to write him off for a little while yeah. and maybe they revisit this after Crown Jewel but because the bloodline took him out after. But then obviously we had the more storytelling stuff later with the bloodline where Jay talking about being a loose cannon and Sammy's like, well, hey, hey, Roman said, don't do anything with Logan Paul. But of course, Jay's like, I'm a crazy man. And he goes and he attacks Logan Paul. So I just want to I just want a buddy cop movie with Sammy Zayn as like straight man police and then fucking Riggs over here, Jay Uso, being like, you know, jumping off buildings and shit. Like, it would be fucking awesome. The two of them together make me laugh and make me mm-hmm. like... The only thing, I, at the end of SmackDown, I went, okay, now I'm intrigued for next week's SmackDown because who's in trouble? Is it Jay or is it Sammy? Right? Because Sammy's responsible for Jay. Mm-hmm. But Jay's a hothead. You know? So it's like, what are we going to do here? What are we going to do here? It's very Roman Reigns does return on SmackDown this week. It's very... It I'm, is on I'm, FS1, by the way, so say, check your DVRs. FS1, make sure you don't forget it. Or just listen yeah. to the podcast and we'll keep you updated because you don't have to watch two hours of that. So it is what it is. Uh, moving on, anything else that you had that you really enjoyed? Yeah, um, I really enjoyed the crazy live we got this week. Um, she, Her and Sonya's match went a lot longer than I thought, but I love that she continues to have this mean streak and beat up Sonya after the match because it's one of those things that's like when you get this like baby face is kind of losing her mind. Watching them beat up heels, it's just like, 
I'm cheering, but should I be hearing because she's doing do it or should I be cheering because she's doing the heel things? But I just like this because talk about it all the time. Like after people lose a title, it's like, well, what do you do next if they're not going for the title? It's like you've got to find a way to spin them in another direction. And they're doing that with Liv. And it's pretty compelling because obviously people are making the connections to Bray Wyatt and this and that. So I just think it's very interesting. And I like that like they still are continuing to give her a big chunk of the show because I think she still is someone on that roster that like a short list that fans go to see. Like People love Liv. Like, they just do. She's likable. So I like that they're giving us, and they're giving us a different version of her because her whole career has just been like, yeah, she's an underdog. Woo, Liv's awesome. It's like this is the first time they're kind of letting her, like, be more than that and try something different. So I think that's exciting. And on top of that, she should be, I think, this week on Chucky. So that's a huge, uh, you know. I will not be watching that. No, I know, I know. But I, I probably will end up watching it at some point. Our boy Ray, avid Chucky lover. Uh, if you yeah. saw our pictures on his Instagram, he, him and his wife and his dog Sasha all dressed up like uh, Chucky because, you know, he's warped. Creepy as fucking shit, Ray. Get that shit away from me. I, God. For those that don't know, please send all of your dolls no. to JC of the JK. Dolls and feet. Get them out of my face. So do you, so you, just, you, want, you want socks on your dolls. I don't want dolls, period, and I okay. want socks on my humans. What if you fall in love with a woman, like she's perfect for you, and you, you know, you you go to have extra fun, and you open the door to the bedroom, and then it's just dolls everywhere. Are you out? Are you out of there? Are you putting? I mean, on a, everyone has a price. Everyone has a price, but man, that would. Uh, Let's go on the couch. I wouldn't be comfortable. Um, would not be comfortable. No, That's especially you, if you like creepy dolls. Like whatever, like dolls, like whatever, whatever. But like creepy dolls, like. Went out to brunch on uh, on uh, Sunday at a wedding with some of my friends, and we went uh, to a place, and they had a fucking, they had, like, the little puppet dolls, like, up, and I was just, the whole time I'm eating them, just, like, stop fucking looking at me, you creepy Pinocchio. Bertsky says, depends on the female, to be honest. Look, so. Yeah, everyone has a price. Listen, everyone has, everything has a worth a million dollar man, everybody's got a price. So, yeah. uh, I agree. Uh, creepy dolls, I think, are fantastic. Just, just respect them. That's all I would say. Just I don't, I do respect. not, I'm not going to respect a creepy block of wood. Well, uh, a lot of bad juju is going to come your way one day. That's well, that's fine. It, ha- it can get the fuck out of my face. Wow. You are. You're very violent towards a, a I'm creepy dolls. Are creepy. No, no, no. I just don't need it. I don't need it. Okay. I'm just asking because I think when Ray hears this, Ray's going to be very disappointed in you. That's fine. That's fine. Everyone Chucky's, has their Chucky's taste. My taste, uh, they're not creepy dolls. Chucky's a legend. Chucky he's not a legend to me. One. Yeah, he's fine. He can be a legend away from me. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Mo- moving on, uh, what else you got? Uh, I the, So the other main thing of Raw that I really enjoyed was I'm, I enjoyed a lot of the Ms. Gargano stuff because I've kind of been a little, like, worried about with, like, I don't, I'm like, how much can Dexter carry? It's like I felt like I'm like, we need an added element, and Johnny's kind of been that. And I think Johnny, as his transition to the main roster, like, obviously, he had a little thing with theory, but I'm like, Miz is the perfect guy to kind of let him settle in and, like, kind of, like, get a more feel of, like, what main roster TV is like where beyond just the matches. And I, I think him and Miz have some good chemistry. Um, and I think it's a nice added dynamic. And, like, they took something that was starting to get a little bit, like, I don't know what's going on, but now with this, like, tell the truth stuff, tell the truth, it's like, well, now I kind of want to know what happens. I, I'm sure it's going to be something stupid. But it's one of those things. It's like it's like we like like the little mysteries and the little things like you're watching and giving me a reason to watch next week. And it's like, well, I still don't have the answers here. We know like the Miz is freaked out, but like we know he's hiding something because he's the Miz. And it's just like so that interests me. And I love that it also that like 
I mean, my boy Corbin got a little shine and actually got to get a dub. You know, with JBL, all he does is win, which is kind of the opposite he's been for the last few years. So yeah. that's going to excite me as well as a big Corbin guy. Uh, I'm curious if you liked his attire a little better this week. Yes, he looked less like a person, more of a wrestler. I was very excited. It looked closer to the King gimmick, which I was a fan of, obviously. Uh, I, I did I did like that Johnny Gargano called them MC Hammer Pants backstage. That made me go. That was good. <laughs> um, it's, it, it was a, I was chomping at the bit. When I saw JBL talking about single A ball and looking at you were in the Indies for ten years, I'm like, okay, I can, I can get behind this because this is low hanging fruit. It makes perfect sense. I don't have to stretch my imagination for this. It's just easy, immersive content, and I I, I appreciated that aspect of it. Where I am turning, uh, at least in a positive sense, is that I just counted. I think there were six segments with Johnny Gargano. At least I loved it, and so. There were there are things I can absolutely nitpick because it's me. Um, one being that he was concerned for his wife and stopped in the hallway, and then just like not only was his wife jumped a half an hour ago, but like you know, and then he was like, "I'm trying to get the Candace." Is like, what the fuck's going on? Like, wouldn't a husband get well, there? No, no, Nestle, like, you have to whatever. understand when they go to commercial, time freezes. I for understand that because <laughs> I I understand I fast forward too, but yeah. uh, you know, it was one of those things where I'm like. All right, that's not believable, but whatever. But the but JBL and Corbin saved it, of course, in the MC Hammer line. But the one thing Shut I, up, Shamrock. Shut up, Shamrock. Uh so the other thing that I wanted to say here was this was gonna be a bonus hope, but I'll save one of my hopes for later in the actual hope category. But here's what I think is gonna end up happening here. I think the Miz, clearly, because they dropped the line about Champa, about being They did. In, in they they had a heavy they finally brought the Champa stuff. About being circle. injured. So for me, I'm thinking about it as the Miz was getting very jealous. It's easy. Miz jealous of Champa gets Dexter to take him out, and then you know blames that you know all this thing's happening. He was supposed to get paid or get a contract or he's going to do something, and now he refuses to help him. Champa's going to come back at DUI or not DUI DIY, excuse me. And then <laughs> it's been a morning. And then, Ron, uh, Ron Uso. Ron Uso. Yeah. So Champa and Cargano DIY. With Dexter, the way will probably come back, and then, you know, the Miz will get whatever he needs to get his comeuppance. But I think that's where, logically, I could think we're going to head in that direction because the Miz uh, seems like a sniveling little shit anyway from years and years and years. If if Gargano's talking to Champa, then he knows the truth. So then that would be the logic, right? Like, that would be an easy connected that would, Yeah, I know. It make, it, that makes sense. And I think that's kind of why I really enjoyed it this week. Because remember, like, every week we kind of talked about, it's like, oh, yeah, the stuff's interesting. But it's like, they're not really giving us anything. This week, they gave us a lot of meat on this story, um, which I thought was good. But I also have a nitpicking thing, too, right? Nessa, you ready for this? Corbin needs new music. Maybe it's yes. one of his 10 old musics. But, like, the current music he has, which is still kind of like his <laughs> Vegas happy music. Yeah does not fit at all like i understand like it's a jbl money thing like yeah. they can make the comparison but like i'm watching him come out and i'm just like nah this doesn't fit what they're trying to do and then when he won they're playing it again i'm like this doesn't fit what they're trying to do so that is my nitpick thing it's just like the music doesn't work and look at he had like three banners before this that yeah. would all work fine but just like this this particular one does not work with what they're trying to do what if they did what if they leaned really hard into the wrestling god thing and they started with a Ha! And then like, or like, then I still you know, needed to go to a different music because like the dead, like the slot, like the it's just like it's just it's too upbeat for what they're yeah, trying to yeah. make him. 
What if we just said no? Because that's. I mean, hey, you know what? JBL's music is great. So every time I hear that, I think it's like news is coming to me. Like it's it's, it's so perfect. It's great music. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you know whatever. All right, so we're gonna. So we're going to switch real quick. We did talk about NXT, Bertski, but we'll, we'll hit on this for you. It's just because you're here and you're supporting. Make sure to support the knocker and share and subscribe and all that nonsense. Uh, I think you guys already hit on NXT, but when you can hit on, if I'm curious, your thoughts on Booker T on comms, seems like it's a hot debate on Twitter machine. So, I mean, I'm always a fan of Shucky, Ducky, 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 Quack, 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 uh, but the rest of them, uh, it's not for me. I mean, I think he's great for sound bites and you put him in the pregame. Uh, kickoff show. I think he's great on his podcast because he knows how to upset people with his takes. He's great. Uh, obviously, he's a five-time, if you count six-time WWE champion. Uh, but he's Booker T. I mean, he's been a Rooney. He's the fucking man. So, but he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't need to be on commentary again. I think this is just a seismic six-month shift until Pat comes back, and then things will realign, and then we have to realign. So for every, it's like you know, you rear your head for six months. It's like okay. Here comes Book. Until we can yeah, buy something. It's it's tough with Booker because there are some times where I do really enjoy like the the stupid shit. Then there's some times where it's just too much and I feel like he takes away from it. Um but yeah, no, it's I mean it's the Vic Barrett pairing was so good on NXT because, I mean, Wade's incredible, and I think that's why I like him getting – being the guy to replace Pat because you can't replace Pat, but, like, Barrett is so good that he'll be great with Michael Cole, and I think they've been the best commentary team since all the changes because I think Raw has its own issues for different reasons. But, yeah, no, the NXT one, it definitely does feel different. I think Booker, the more he sees it and the more he gets comfortable with the talent and with Vic, I think he'll be fine. But it's just like, I'd like to see them do more of what Raw has been doing a lot is like kind of like, yes, we don't have the three-man booth anymore, but like try to bring more people in because I think Booker plays better off like people than like a straight play-by-play guy. That's why like if you were going to do a three-man booth, he's kind of is the good third man because I think he's a good playoff guy. But when you need him to be a primary color guy, it definitely does, especially on like a more pure wrestling show. Like during a Grayson Waller segment, he's fucking great. Yeah. I mean, because it's just like Grayson's straight entertainment, book can play off it. But like when I'm watching a straight match, like it's like Vic's very good at calling the match, but it's like I need something like you want a Corey Graves or a Barrett or like a Pat to McAfee to do something. Like they're they're all so great at it, but it's just yeah, Booker's not that. So it's it is it's, I know I'm like sitting on the fence, but with Booker, I really do sit on the fence in my opinion of it. He did not seem like a fan of Quincy Elliott, LOL. Well, look, yeah, I'm Booker, not touching that one. So yeah. I will well, say he, he's always kind of been like that with like weird things. But then again, like him and Goldust yeah, were like a big perfect. thing. I think he made that comparison. So I would think this much. The one part that really bothers me about Booker T on commentary is when I'm listening to him, like you said, the entertainment, he's good at reaction of, right? But then he said something during the main event that made me go, you're fucking taking me out of it. Like, and yep. again, this is me. But again, equating like, oh, I, I had butterflies because I was I was fighting Scott Steiner, one of the best people to ever be world champion. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I mean, I agree with that statement. No, well, you're an idiot. Holla, if you hear me. Well, he's great entertainment, but not he's not a great champion. Like, there was a time this when I was a kid where Scott, Scott Steiner, Steiner was my favorite wrestler. The, Booker T and St- Scott Steiner are not in the top 25 of world champions. So when he says shit like that, it takes me immediately out of it. I know what they're trying to do. But it's also like you're grasping at straws. You're you're really, I mean, hyperbole. It is it is out of this world when it comes to that stuff. Braun Breaker is going to be fine on his own. I don't think you need too much more drawing comparisons to his uncle or his dad because I think he's at a point now where he's going to make his own way 
and he's doing a great job. I don't think we need to. I really don't think we need to continue to to remind people that he's his, you know, who his dad and his uncle are. So I, I don't know. Like that bothers me. And I like I said, it's more about getting himself over sometimes on commentary than it is relaying to the matchup. And I and I mean, again, he's very good at all the other stuff. It's just he does take me out of it. And Vic does a great job, but Vic is so plain in a good yeah. way that he's great on the call, but I'm not excited to see him interact or, or, or react from things. Yeah, I know. And I think that's definitely, it's again, like our, the, the feeling is, is that when college game day is finished, Pat will come back to SmackDown. Barrett will go to back to NXT. And then next year we'll just do it all again. Because I think this is a thing that like, especially with the like college game day is never going to have a McAfee. They're going to want that forever. So SmackDown for uh, Pat, if he's going to continue to work with WWE, which I think he wants to, sure. and they want him to, it's going to become a more seasonal thing for him. So well, let me ask you this. Do you think there's a possibility that they could switch McAfee and Cole and bring him over to raw because then he maybe he'd be around more often i think as the thing is 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 smackdown's the a show because it's on fox okay like smackdown's twice as many people watch smackdown because it's on like the free it's on fox yeah and so that is the number one show that is why michael cole is on that show and so i think as on it is i mean that's like you see it it's just like that's why roman reigns is on that show that's why all these people on that show that's why bray wyatt's primarily on that show now like that is that is the show um because it's on fox so I don't think I think as long as I have that Fox deal, Michael Cole ain't leaving SmackDown. Okay, all right. Anything else? Especially with the shit show on Raw with commentary. So, (laughs) anything else? Or would you like to shine new? Okay, I will then hit the button on uh, get them off my TV. Get them off my TV. Get them off my TV. Uh, Well, I'll get to. We're doing more Viking Raider stuff. Great. Are we? I didn't even Here's, see it this week. Yeah, it, I must it, have buzzed through you that. You must have buzzed right through it for the 30-second promo. Good job. We got Mac and Cross in a cage. JC, help me take my bra off in the words of Carla Espinosa. Literally, it's like, how can you make a feud that is the drizzling shits even worse? Put them in a fucking steel. I, have I, diarrhea in a cage. That's how you do it. God. Diarrhea in a cage. This this is like, if we had like pinnacle heat for 2022, this booking is that. Really? I can't believe it's they're bad. doing You know, and maybe they just needed a, 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 a you know, some type of spectacle for Crown Jewel. So they said, you know, they like cages over there. Let's do a cage match. And uh, McIntyre will win this one. And then we'll go on to a third. Man, I hope so for his sake. You know, it's just. It's, oh, God, that means we're going to have to have a third, though. Yes. <sighs> Get ready for a bad time. It's exciting. It's exciting. I'm, I'm excited for you because you're going to have to sit through that shit. Oh, no, I just won't watch that. That's okay. very easy for me to avoid. As a Mac guy, cross. Mac is the shit. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things like, yeah, we like to we like to shit on Mac a little extra, but like this isn't about Mac. This is the combination of them it is. is horrible. And putting him in a steel cage is fucking horrible. You know what it is? It's the inability to be like, okay, like I'll even agree with Danny because Danny, we love Danny. Danny Grimwood is, is a, an amazing human being and I love him. But, uh, you know, you look at Mac and you're like, okay, guy can be on a poster, be on a side of a truck, a cup, whatever. Like I get it. Like I, he's not for me. But he's he's a he's a poster, he's a main event player. He's a poster. Child. He's not the guy, but he can be one of the guys. He can be one of the guys. I and I have bought into that because I think he's earned that right. It's hard to super you know seed and 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 strap the rocket to somebody like Cross after having the stupid thing on his head, and it's just like I know what we're trying to do here. We're trying to like Max up here. We're trying to make Cross up here so he can be in the conversation. But the reality of it all is is. He doesn't deserve it yet. Like he hasn't, you know what I mean? Like he hasn't shown to the crowd. He hasn't shown to the fans. 
I'm sure it's there because Triple H is uh, fascinated with this cross character, fascinated with uh, Scarlet and the presentation wow. and the whole thing. Yeah, well, the obvious reason for that. But, I mean, <laughs> you're fascinated for certain things. I get it. But, the, like you said, it's like oil and water. It just... It doesn't work. It doesn't work, and it's just... it's it. It's one of those things where at least they're not bowing out of it and not explaining it. They're they're just, you know, digging in well, and they're trying to figure it out. At the point where it's like, if when they stop this, where are either of them going? Right. And so, like, we can at least, like, have these two go at it till the Royal Rumble, and then we're in Mania season and we can do what we have to yeah. do. But it's like, until then, it's just like, especially when you're looking at SmackDown, it's you're like, it's like, because there's Roman, you have the tribal cuck. And now we also have Bray Wyatt who's feuding with himself, maybe. So it's just like, so where does that leave us, you know? Right. I mean, I, I honest to God don't know. Like, Cross never has, in any iteration of uh, anything he's done in Impact or wherever else, NXT, WWE, he's, he's, he's visually appealing, obviously. But like we said, he's like Samoa Joe. Bell rings. I'm going to go yeah. get a beverage. You know, it's just, it is what it is. It's hard because Triple H sees something in him that we don't. Yeah, and I think I think they can make a point because there were parts of NXT where I was like, okay, I, I can see it. And like the the one of the matches he had with Keith Lee, I thought was really good. And could, that could have been more about Keith, Keith Lee, Lee, who knows? But I thought that, that that one really worked. And there were a few moments where I was like, okay, then obviously he had the injuries that kind of derailed it. But it's just like it's tough because he was a guy that was already gonna struggle to the way they're presenting him and his size and everything and him just not being that great in the ring. And then when he debuts on Raw with the fucking helmet and he's losing, it's just like, it's like, well, you're just taking a guy that was already going to struggle and you're just, you're giving him no chance. And so then we have like the one-year cool-off, like we talk about with Hit Row, and you just bring him back and you stick him right back where you think he should be. It's like, it doesn't really work like that. So It's weird, like, and again, I don't know the guy at all, but it still feels like, gee golly gosh, I'm nice to, like, nice to be here. Versus, like, no, motherfucker, I'm going to take this world by the fucking... Yeah, you know what for I mean? a guy who's supposed to be a badass, he doesn't... His actions don't really show that yet. And I think once that switch turns on, we'll probably forgive a lot more. But TikTok! It, TikTok to what? Yeah. To what? I don't know. It's great. It's a cool saying, a cool presentation. Scarlet makes cool threats. Like, can we flip it over? But, like, what? Then what? I don't know. Is he going to oh, start... strap match. Great job. Strap match to a steel cage match. You guys are really doing good by these Well, guys. if we're staying with the S narrative, next will be stairs. Hey, you know what? I've seen one stairs match, and it was great. Eric Rowan. Stud. Yep. Fucking stud. What a match. Fucking Tabers, stud. Tabers, ladders, chairs, and stairs. So I'm curious. This is a heat for me, but I'm curious how you feel about this. The Omos and Braun thing happening. It's true. Uh, the match is more focused on Braun being exposed and of being a fraud or, you know, not being the biggest giant in the room and Omas and yada, yada. On Monday, we had Omas, jobber alert, four dudes. For me, it's not five guys. It's four guys. But here's That's the thing. only likes it when it's five. Only when there's five. Burgers and fries. One for each finger. Yeah, well, okay. How do I go? How do I? Tra Whatever. I'm not even going to. You're the one who took it. There. I was just saying, like, you have five fingers. No, you, you took it guys. in the weird gutter. I'm talking about burgers and fries. You're implying I, something I else. just made a statement. You're the one who reacts to the statement like that. So you made it weird. You are what they call you. Anyway, so listen, I will say this much. I don't care about Omas. And I know you're saying YouTube views are different, and I understand that. Well, you no, I mean, when you said, like, nobody cares about Omas, I'm like, I'm like, for, like, he's a heel in front of a crowd fighting a bunch of no ones on Monday. Nobody cares. But, like, like it's one of those things, like, He's an attraction. Like, it's the same thing with Braun. Like, no matter what he does, the YouTube views are high. Omos has been the same way. So, for me, I like the SmackDown stuff, I enjoyed because it's just like the visual of being like, 
holy fuck, you forget how big Omos actually is. Like, we kind of saw with Lashley too, but like with Braun, it's even more so because Braun is bigger than everyone. It's not even close. And then look at him looking like a fucking peanut to Omos. It's like, okay, I'm sold on this. But now the problem is they have several weeks to that. And you have, I mean, MVP can try all he wants with the promos, but it's just like, if you put them out there by themselves, like, it's not going to do much. It's like, and that's the thing. It's like, since Triple H has taken over, Omos has been one of his biggest things where he, doesn't seem to know what to do with right whereas vince was great with guys like this but i thought like at least doing the Braun thing like i'm interested like this match is sold to me i want to see it because you got the two giants like it's one of those things you don't have to do anything to lead up to it and it will be fine but they're trying to do something and it's just like i mean it's one of those things now that we want we've seen them together what if i see them by themselves it's just like oh, well i don't it doesn't do right, anything. Right, exactly. I agree with that aspect, but say nobody cares about Omos is completely wrong because I can tell you this, people who just casually tune in, when people ask me about it, the first thing they ask me about is Omos. Like, oh, that's a big motherfucker. Like, because it's just like, it just there's nothing like him. Braun's right. the closest thing and we see that. Braun's a different animal, but Braun's also smaller, which is insane. I just, I th- I think that, I, maybe I, I tweeted that out wrong. What I should have you said, did. what I should have said was, I don't think anybody in the WWE knows what to do with him 100%. after this. Well, yeah, well, it's one of those things. The Lashley feud was great because it made sense. Right. Now, the Braun feud makes sense, but it's like it's so higher though, Moss, especially because, like, I think we agree. He probably shouldn't. At this point, I can't really. I don't think he should be a world champion. No. Maybe he gets better. But it's like with Braun, I looked at him I'm like, yeah, he can be a world champion because I think he can wrestle a match like different styles. Omos only really has one thing. He's just bigger and he can beat the fuck out of you. Like, I don't expect Omos. Omos, I expect him to sell a little bit for Braun. But beyond that, it's just like, you know, it's just it, Braun and Big Show were different types of big men. Omos is more of the standard just a big guy. He's giant Gonzalez so with a little more athleticism. Yeah, you know? he's, like, a, he's a lot more athletic than him, but it's just still, it's like he's not on the level of Braun, Big Show, or Mark Henry, so it's like there's a ceiling with it, and the problem is when you're that tall, trying to fit them under that ceiling is difficult. And that's where The Undertaker would have come in if he was still around. We'd be Undertaker Omos, and that would make uh, yeah. more, more things for Undertaker to do, I guess, but now maybe it'll be Bray Wyatt someday against Omos. I have no idea. I have no, no, that idea. would be a tough, that'd be a tough match. No, I know. I know, but I'm just thinking like... That'd be a tough match. You know, it, that's the thing. As oh, oh, You know, you can you can throw out as many uh, enhancement talents as you want, which I love. Yeah, uh, I enjoy it, but, but it's just one of those things. It's like, it's like, it's just a flat line, you know? Right. It's not getting worse, but it's not getting better. So it's just there. So it's like... You you're know. not missing... Here's the thing. So when I look at a segment, whether it's a match, a promo, whatever you, you, you make in front of me, I'm looking at it like this. If I see, if I see a, a jobber match, I'm excited. I'm keeping time for obvious reasons. Uh, for three minutes or less, your jobber's free. But the other thing, too, is it gives you a second to be like, well, he's just going to fuck these guys up, and then is there going to be a promo afterwards? And it's just like, it's very formulaic. It's not necessarily you're excited about it. So with Braun, at least I know when Braun comes out, I go, oh, my God, I love Braun. This guy's fucking awesome. What is he going to do? Well, so here's the difference, and I think you kind of like sparked this in my head as you were saying it. It's a really good point. The whole point of an enhancement match is to show off the abilities and the skill set and the move set of that person. So with Braun, it's a no-brainer. Like Braun has a pretty good move set. It's real. It's, it's actually pretty solid. It's like entertaining moves that get the crowd up and things. Omas like doesn't really have a move set. Like he does the two-handed choke thing, but like besides that, like he doesn't really have signature stuff. So they give him these enhancement matches where it's like, yeah, he's throwing guys around, but it's like it's not. 
it's not showcasing anything special where it builds up a mystique in my mind. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of the times, like like when Corbin did it, you had his signature moves. You got to see his three moves, and they were fucking great. Like when Braun does it, you see his three or four moves, and it's great. Or like any other type of jobber match, it's like you show off the signature moves of that guy, and it makes you comfortable to expect those moves. It's like, okay, I believe that. But with Omos, and I know our boy Guthrie, I'm saying something positive about you, so listen here. He says, like, what is Omos's, like Omos's finisher? Like it's like... And I think that's part of it is like they're doing all these enhancement matches for Omos, but like there's nothing being highlighted. So it's like, what am I supposed to take out of this and remember besides that he's big and he kills people? Like, it's like you need to like you need to enhance something. And they're just all they're doing is just enhancing. There's no impressive nature, like besides his stature. Yes, You know, and like KP said, he was like, he barely lifted his leg when he hit that guy with a with a big boot. And all I could think about was what a what a pedestrian thing to say to a seven foot six giant like. You're supposed to lose your shit. You know what I mean? Like, when you see that stuff. And Graves did a great job with it. But at, but I'm watching at home, and I agree with you. Like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm not excited to see the lead-up to this. I'm excited to see the fucking match. I hope that, you know, the ring explodes or whatever. But realistically, I don't I don't think Omas... You, I don't think there's enough time to put Omas through the ringer to get him where you needed to go. And, like, we're kind of stuck with where, we, where we're at. I kind of thought like this could be the WrestleMania thing, but I think it's just like they realize it's like we have these two things like in Crown Jewel, it's a, like the big fights. So that way, if it flops, it's at least over there, right. so it won't be a whatever. But it's just like I feel like they just felt like they had to do it. Whereas I was kind of looking like it'd be a cool like tease it for the next six months and do it at Mania. But I understand pulling the trigger on it now. But again, then I'm worried about what comes next. So okay, moving on to two things that really upset me. I'm, we can break them down if you want or not. It, it is what it is. Uh, the audio playing way too loud over the Bray Wyatt promo and the uh, Legado del Fantasma uh, promo where I was trying to listen very well. And I actually liked the uh, the LDF promo. I thought that was well done seeing them drinking and being backstage yep. and Zelina looked great. Everything looked great. and But I'm sitting there going, huh? Huh? And I got headphones on. You know what I mean? And it just, it drowned me out. And I, all I could think about was, why are like why are we doing this? Like, do we really need music? Do we really need music to carry these things through? It didn't make any sense. So I'll forgive the Legato del Fantasma thing, but I want to talk specifically about Bray Wyatt because all I could hear, you know, like in my head, I'm thinking to myself, it was like doom, 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 whatever. But like then it went into the fucking song, and all I could think about was, you can't just loop the piano part before. And just let that go through the entire promo and just do it a little bit, just a little bit less. I mean, we're on the editing side, obviously. So we're yeah. very much production guys. But all I could think about was, this is fucking distracting as shit. And he's one that you want to hear. Just put yeah. some ominous, like, And uh, he's kind of soft-spoken, too. Yeah. So that, like, it's always one of those things, like, because back in the day, the biggest issue I had with this promos is, like, I had to, like, get next to, like, my, my TV speaker to hear it because he has just, like, a softer voice. So he's saying a lot of, like, big words and trying to confuse you. And then also when I can't hear him, it makes it harder. And, like, this kind of, like, brought it back to that, where it's like, yeah, you can't really... You can't really have like this type of music bed and especially this loud underneath a guy like that. It doesn't. And of course, you know, we talked about Howdy. He actually said Howdy. There it was. Uh, He did say, why would you lie to the ones that you love? As he said that a bunch of times when I first saw them splattering some stuff on the screen, all I could think about was uh, I thought I heard watch me in there somewhere, which made me think I lived, Uh, but I could be completely wrong. But it was a very short promo. I am curious how you feel about the whole I'm a servant, I go where the circle takes me aspect of this. Because for me, all I could think about was, okay, so is is he fighting himself like we talked about? Yeah. You know, is he 
is is Howdy the bad guy? Is you know Harper gonna or you know Luke or whatever they're gonna call? It? I think it's Uncle Harper. The 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 good version of what we're talking about. What we said, Devil and Angel. There's a lot to be happening here. I think they're dragging it out, which is smart. But eventually, there has to be something happening here because otherwise, if it's just backstage promos, we're like. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold your breath on much development yet. I think this is one of those things. It's like, I mean, Bray's always been a slow burn, which is, I think, part of the why it's, reason it's so intriguing to people. But I think especially, like, it just doesn't feel like we're close to a resolution on stuff. So it's going to be a lot more of this type of stuff. So for me this week, it was just kind of like, I like seeing Bray. I'm intrigued by Bray. But it's one of those things. It's just like, it's just like this this week. And I expect to be like this a lot in the next few months because I honestly, it's like, I don't, I don't know what what they're gonna do yet. I just it just no idea. I, I no can, idea how I, I could see the first inkling of something happening at Survivor Series with this cage and everything, and like and that's like what over a month away. Yeah, so. I, I I think we're in we're in four weeks of purgatory in terms of yeah. what we're dealing with here. And again, I'm sure they know what they're doing. Oh, yeah, no, they definitely have a plan, yeah. but it's one of those things. It's like, and I agree, like you don't want to just blow it. Like yeah. right away. You know what? It's one of those things. And that's what's, that's been the mystique of why Bray Wyatt has been so good. It was consistently. And when the WWE like was having trouble making law form stuff, Bray Wyatt was the law form stuff. And the payoffs were great because you had to earn them. But there were a lot of times like this where it was just like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. So, I mean, it's hard because it's like, you know, he's a servant. So it makes me think like, does that mean someone else is controlling him? You know, it's, it's bizarre in the nature of itself, but uh, you know, it's not a great, it's not a great week for Bray Wyatt. I don't think like I, it was a, like you said, it flatlined a lot more. Uh, moving on. Uh, I'm trying to think of other things that I see here in my uh, notes. I'm already sick of Elias nestling. It's been two I weeks. Know. I so, don't give a fuck. It's like, here's the thing. It's like, I saw your tweet about Gargano, which I chose to ignore because I know what you're trying to do. But like, I was like for Elias, it's like, the whole purpose of Elias is for him to sing. And instead, we're not going to get a sing. He's going to come out. He's going to wrestle for 15 minutes, and he's a fucking not a good wrestler. So it's like, I just hey, don't care. Hey, you know what's funny, though? Like, Gable doing that backflip moonsault. And then Gable's amazing. Wow. Gable could wrestle me with one with both arms tied behind my back on one fucking leg, and he'd make it a good match. Yeah. Hey, but the thing was that the crowd in North Carolina did not show up on Raw, so I think that no, that it was shame a bad on crowd on Monday. They really they made showed things up for worse. one thing, which we'll get to later. But but it, most of it to me felt like nobody cared about that. Nobody cared about all these other things we talked about. It's nobody just nobody cared about damage control. No. and I don't even like. I, I'm I'm glad it was the main event, right? But then I mean, it should have been the main event. That's a big match, right. but it's like we've already seen it 17 times. It's a head scratcher. And we wanted to, them to get away from each other, and I don't know if they did because main event, it's like Nikki Cross returns without Dewdrop, who was the one kind of pushing her to be like this, and she attacks Bianca. It costs her the win, but then attacks Bailey after the match. So it's just like, yeah, we're getting crazy Nikki back, but that's wonderful. Like, how did we get here? Right. Because they had, like, when Triple H first took over, we had a lot of the cool teases where, like, Nikki and Dewdrop were in the background of random promos just arguing. Then they showed up on NXT and kind of did a thing there. And it's like, I really like the pairing of Nikki and Dewdrop. I think they yeah. make sense together. I think they have good chemistry. And now all of a sudden we're just back to regular Nikki and there's no Dewdrop to be found. For me, I was just like, huh? I mean, it seems like it's easy enough to say Psycho Scots, right? They're both Scottish, so I mean, like, let's just do that. And they just like, they just have good chemistry yeah. and they make sense together. Like, it just it works. So that's why I was a little disappointed. But who knows? They could easily bring it back. But it's just like to me, and like maybe this is how you start a tag team feud. But I don't know. It just it didn't feel like that was the time and place to do it. You know what I mean? No, and so. I, here's the thing. Like, 
and you can you can you can sell me on anything as long as you have conviction. But when I watched that main event, I'm like, cool, Bailey and Sasha, this is good, this is good, this is good. Damage control, Bailey and who? whatever. No, sorry, sorry, Bailey and uh, Bianca. Excuse me. Nestle misses her. It's okay. I do miss Sasha. I do. I we do. all do. She's so good. Uh, so Belair and and Bailey doing their thing. Of course, damage control beats up Candice. Whatever. And then yeah. it just, it, I think, so you hit on the Elias thing. I'll hit on the women thing. To me, these are the two, like, glaring issues right now. We have no tag division. Nobody fighting for tag titles for and either. either. the men's or the either, women's. Yeah. either. And we don't have more than, like, three women, four women, maybe six at most, that are highlighted on either show when you've got, D like, this was the only women's match on Raw, Right. And I'm fairly certain, besides the Ronda promo, there was only one women's match with Liv and Sonya. Liv and Sonya was on SmackDown, and... I can't... I'm looking. Uh, wasn't it? There was a tag team title match on SmackDown, Oh, too. you're right. I'm sorry. Shotzi yeah, and... Yeah, Raquel and, okay. and Shotzi, but which again, I don't know. The they same, just, they're not as good as Raquel and Aaliyah, The so same people, like... You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, well, this damage control is on both shows, and they're yeah. involved in all the matches. It's just like, I would like to see non-damage control people. That's why the Liv, the Liv Sonya thing was probably kind of refreshing to me, even though Sonya's in a bad rut right now. I know you're going to think this is personal, and that's fine. You can, but I am curious. How can somebody like you sit there and say, damage control, overexposed, yada, 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 and then in that same breath, be okay with six segments of Johnny Wrestling? I'm just curious. Because Johnny Wrestling doesn't do that every week, and he's not on both shows. Okay. He's been, but he's been in very segments, small doses. Six no, segments? So, no, 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 no. No, because this happens on Raw all the time. There's something every week on Raw that is like the main focus of we're really moving it forward. The Miz storyline was the thing that finally got the big boost this week. We just talked about, for the last like four episodes, how this was like a sideline thing. And you, for the first couple weeks of Gargano, were like, oh, Gargano's come back and hasn't done anything. It's like, no, they were easing it in. This was a big storyline week for that. If if Gargano shows up on SmackDown and does six segments there, then yeah. But no, Damage Control does three segments on both shows for like the last three months. That's overexposed. One week where you have six segments is not overexposed. Okay, so I, I'll, I want your hand up right here. Pledge. If they go to Raw and he's got six segments next week, then what? Are you going to say that that's overexposure? No, because he's on SmackDown. If no. Champa comes back next week, then it's going to deserve a lot of segments. But I don't think it is going to be the main thing next week because next week's the go home for Crown Jewel. So I think it's going to be a lot of Judgment Day. Oh, Brock Lesnar and, and Lashley and all that. And Brock Lesnar will probably be there, and they'll probably do something maybe with the Bloodline too on both shows. So it's just like I don't. I think this was a big hurdle for that storyline, which has been a very slow burn. This was their. This was a big week for them. This is a big like okay. hump. In the storyline, oh, yeah, huh. again, you're just trying to find ways to shit on Gargano. No, it's I'm like, not. I'm there was not. nothing. There was nothing. The only thing you can equate to damage control right now is the bloodline. But the bloodline is doing it so much better and has so many members and has different takes that it doesn't feel as overexposed as fucking damage control, which is the same exact shit on both shows. Shitty, mediocre promos and the same people wrestling every week. So. Here's the other thing too. I think if they had more people in damage control, you'd be better with it. Is what you're saying? I don't know. No, they just they need to just pick a show. Pick a show. Well, that's what pick happens. You have tag titles. You got to be on both shows. Well, that's fine. You can be on both shows, but you don't need to be like a main thing on both shows every week. Okay. It's like if you're if they had the tag team title match on SmackDown that week, like that's like the focus. Sure, do a promo on Raw. 
Don't do eight promos on Raw. But this week, it was like that Bailey Bianca was a big thing. At least it's not EO and Dakota wrestling. Like, that's a little bit more, but it's just like, you're getting sick. Like, it's like they're beating up Candice. They're doing this. Oh, they have another mediocre promo segment. Oh, we're going to interview, we're going to interrupt this Kathy Kelly segment. It's just like, it just, it doesn't, it's just, it's, it's, and it's not good. That's the issue. Like, if you're going to overexpose something, it has to be good. And it isn't good. You're overexposing something that is bad. Okay. Fair it's enough. bad, man. Would you like to get hopeful? Want a palate cleanse? Yes. Ah, you're my only Glorious. Hope. You want me to go first? I know. Oh, you got one? Yeah, I told you I did earlier. Okay. Rhea Ripley. She's obviously on fire right now. We kind of expect her to take on Beth at some point. And I think a match like that, especially if Rhea wins it, like that's a big, that's a big signature for her. And that means you're building her. And yeah, she's on Raw, which is uh, the, well, that's her, the champions, Bianca Belair. And they do definitely have some unfinished business. I think you could go there. But what I want to see more of is here's the beauty of the Royal Rumble WrestleMania. You win the Royal Rumble, you get to choose which title you go for. And I'm thinking about the women's at WrestleMania. It's like, Man, especially if Bianca and Rousey are the champions, I expect you, we know Charlotte's going to go for one of them. I think Bianca at Mania makes a lot of sense. The only one that hasn't happened yet, it would let Bianca check the box of taking out all four horsewomen uh, on big stages. Um, and it's just like, it's like, okay, well, who, what's a match for Ronda that I'd be like, oh. And I was like, you know what? Rhea Ripley winning the Royal Rumble this year, which I think she definitely deserves because she's a stud, and especially with the backseat she's kind of taken uh, lately of just helping elevate like other people. I think that would be huge, and I think by then it would make sense. In her pulling the swerve and challenging Ronda, I think on the main stage, she's looking, man, we pick apart a lot of Ronda matches, which are well-deserved, but then you put her, there's certain people that she gets in there with, and you're like, holy shit, like, that was incredible. And I think Rhea is one of those people that can bring out the best in Ronda, because Rhea will hit her. Rhea will make her feel it. I think Rhea's physicality will make Ronda be more physical and not need to be as careful, because I think a lot of the times you can see Ronda, she kind of tries to be more careful, because when she isn't, she can injure people for real, because she's a trained killer. Like, that's never gonna leave her. Like, she gets in a fight, the mode is kill, kill, kill like that's how she's lived her whole life so you can tell sometimes she kind of eases but i think with someone like Rhea, it would bring out the best of her physically and honestly that's a feud that would be really interesting because i think it'd be it'd be a different feel for ronda than what we've gotten in a while and having those two badass women beat the fuck out of each other at wrestlemania is something that i could hope for so that's my hope is that Rhea ripley wins the royal rumble faces ronda rousey at wrestlemania for the title and uh, you know what? I'd even like if she beat Ronda because I think Rhea is getting closer to being a champion at this point, and she's a stud. Hashtag JC knows. Hashtag JC's hopes come true. So somebody during WrestleMania season is going to be real butthurt because it's either Charlotte goes against Ronda or Charlotte against Bianca, and then where does Becky go if you got Rhea? You know what I mean? Like, what do you uh, do? I think Becky has proven that she can do well in a non-title feud. No, I know, but it feels like so. Becky and Ronda sells more tickets. Yeah, then, no, they could definitely do that. That's why this is a hope, is right. because I think Rhea is going to be the odd woman out. I but it. I would assume at this point, especially Becky might win the Royal Rumble at this point because she might not be back to the Royal Rumble. Sure, sure. So, um, so my hope uh, is is with uh, JBL, uh, Corbin, and, of course, everybody's favorite wrestler, Johnny Gargano. I was intrigued by this on Monday. I thought this was fun. And he mentioned something to me. I was like, okay, I know Gargano's busy with The Miz right now, but... The next storyline I want to see Gargano in is with Baron Corbin long-term because I think it's going to be fun. And I just want to see JBL, like, you know, rip him to shreds. But, I, but he, made, he, made a, he made a point here, which, again, I think would be really fun, 
which you can go either way with this. Obviously, I would want to go one way. You can go another way. Um, JBL says, okay, you know, you, you're not even good enough to, you know, to carry my bags. So there'd be, a, you know, a match between Corbin and Gargano in which Gargano uh, would lose and have to carry JBL's bags and be like the servant for like a month or something. I think that'd be funny. Or you could go a different route and have JBL as a butler for Johnny Gargano, which I think would be funny as well. I think there's a lot of opportunity there to have Gargano and JBL play off each other. But I'm just thinking that, does that take away from Baron Corbin? I don't know. But I think it'd be kind of fun. So that's my hope. I want to see uh, I want to see somebody wrestle with the stakes. We love stakes here on the Knocker. And I think the biggest stakes would be you got to carry someone's bag and be their servant for a month. That'd be fun. It would be interesting. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd yeah. be a good time. Especially with especially with the whole, you know, you're an indie wrestler kind of thing. I think that that that's a good Yeah, no, that, that's why honestly guys like Gargano are perfect opponents because Corbin's always kind of been that guy where he's been like the indie shamer. And we know JBL is an indie shamer. So them together, that's part of the reason why it makes so much sense is that JBL can be the more boisterous one to kind of let Corbin be more of the punishing one. Yeah. Wanna get uh come backy? Don't call it a comeback Nestlemania because I want you to tell the truth. I love the way they did this because when you can take our truth and just organically slide him into something as a one-off, it, it just, it creates such good entertaining television. I forgot that he was from Charlotte. So this was the one part of the night where the crowd actually thought he did a good job, but he comes out when the Gargano was trying to get this to tell the truth. So out comes our truth being like, are you going to tell me something? It's just like, it's just like when he comes out, like, like a, like a ladder match where he comes out, he's like, oh, we gotta, I'm in this. And just anytime he has like the Brock Lesnar segment, like when he's just accidentally there because he's a fool, it's just like our truth does that better than anyone. And the great thing about it is they don't have to go to it often. So when they do go to it, it feels special. And this obviously was something where it's like, I think the Miz and Gargano have good chemistry, but we know from experience that Miz and our truth have some of the best chemistry of all time. Like the awesome truth still like, Oh, such a special place in my heart for that. That short run that they had was just so, oh my God, it was so good. So I love that. I love all the callbacks with this, but it's just like, it's simple. It's so simple with our truth because he plays like the idiot role so well. Like they're just absolutely clueless there to have a good time. He's out doing his rap and he's like, oh, you had to tell the truth something. It's just like, it's so simple, but it's so effective. And to me this week, it was one of the more entertaining things. So our truth, my boy, you get my comeback. My comeback is someone on NXT. He uh, was a stud. He was in the five-man uh, ladder match. I'm going to give it to Mr. Von Wagner for looking like a stud. I think this is the best outing that Von Wagner has had. Uh, and if you're you're saying that I'm wrong, you're living under a rock. Obviously, Wesley deserved it. Wesley is awesome and deserves everything. I'm glad he has the championship. Melo should be up on, on Raw SmackDown pretty quickly. Von Wagner, though, I was worried uh, that, that this guy was going to be... Uh, just sinking to the bottom of the ship as quickly as possible. But this, he looked great with the braid. He threw Wes all over the place. I thought that was great. Uh, there, he had a lot of great spots. And again, it reaffirmed to me what everybody else should know is that everybody should get on the Vaughn wagon because it's a big fucking deal. He's a big fucking deal and he will be. You almost killed a fan too. I saw that. 
I was, I mean, how do you not love lumbering idiot? I mean, so here's the thing. I think you just don't like them because I like them. No, I, here's the thing. I never, you nestle, you'll never see me. I just laugh because like you treat him like he's like a main event. Oh, no, it's no, like, no. I have no issue with Von Wagner. Like when we did the qualifiers, you didn't even pick him. I picked him to be in this match because every great ladder match needs a big idiot for the spots. Right. And I'm like, Von Wagner is perfect for that. He is perfect for that with all these little guys. Like it was a perfect role. So I'm like, I know he's going to help make all these things better because watching Wesley, Frazier, uh, and Mello, and then even Mensa in a ladder match, it's like those guys are doing the flippy dippy crazy fucking moves. I thought Frazier had a great showing too. He was awesome. Yeah. Like he's a, such a joy to watch that guy. They just need to get him a little bit of a character beyond his cool music. But it's like, yeah, it's like Von Wagner was the thing that had to bring all that together and give you the different pace and more of the power to go with the speed in the spot. So yeah, like he works it, but it's just like, the issue, my issue is not with Von Wagner because he cracks me up a little bit. Him and Stone, they're come fucking morons. Come Tuesday. That's his yeah. thing, come Tuesday. Come Tuesday, yeah. But it's just like you, it's just like, it's just, it's, it's Every it's day just, is come Tuesday when it comes. It is come Wagner. Tuesday today. Oh my God. Oh my God. I, I, somebody had a sign in the crowd that said come Tuesday, so it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, he's getting my comeback because again, reaffirm to me that I, uh, big things are happening on the wagon. Get excited, folks. Yeah. Want to get to the big old finish? Big ol' finish, WrestleMania. We'll uh, preview NXT in a moment. But first, on SmackDown this week, we have the Brawling Brutes taking on Sammy and Sokoa. We have a Ronda Rousey open challenge. We have Legado taking on Hit Row and a mystery member. And we have Reigns returning. So obviously we hit on some of that stuff. But what I'm curious from you is... Who is going to answer Rousey's open challenge? And who is the mystery member of Hit Row? And will they remain in Hit Row or will it be a one-off? Oh, definitely a one-off. Uh, I was thinking Bra- Braun for a second there, but I think he's probably going to be tied up with Omos. He was just a, a partner for someone else, too. Yeah, he was New Day's partner for something yeah. else. I mean, you can't just give one New Day member a part of the Hit Row thing. Maybe it's uh, Angelo Dawkins because Montez may still be in the boot. I don't know. That's true. That Actually, that could work. I mean, that's a one-off that everybody could be okay with. Um, Who are you thinking? I don't know. I mean, I do think Melo's up soon, and, like, people want that to happen, but I don't think he needs to be part of Hit Row. But if they did it as a way to debut him, like, sure. But I just – I don't want him to debut yet because I feel like we've had so much. I kind of want them to give him a more of a a big show moment type of debut than just a random – SmackDown, so um, I I wouldn't go there, but I, there, the Dawkins one makes a lot of sense. It'll probably let people down because anytime you get a tease like this, people like shoot for the moon. Oh yeah, but I don't. I didn't really have anyone on my mind, but the Dawkins one at least makes sense. Yeah, I, I so, think it's I gonna know. be very underwhelming. I don't really care in terms of the Ronda Rousey Open Challenge thing. It's like forty five women in catering that aren't getting a chance. So I know, but it'll know. probably be someone returning because that's what they do. No, I, I don't think, know. I think, I think they'll give somebody a chance. Like, you know, the Raquel thing was a pretty cool chance for Raquel. She did a really great job. She lost, but she looked really great doing it. I could see Shotzi. I can see Ugh. all sorts of things on, on SmackDown. I mean, I could go through the list here, but I don't think you it's ready for this. Be... You want me to go out on a limb? Yeah. Naomi. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That'd be pretty cool. Is it yep. weird to have Naomi by herself and not, not have Sasha? Uh, Sasha, excuse me. I don't think so because I think one is a lot closer to being back than the other at this point. So okay, sounds like someone with intel. No, just Maybe. saying. But I, I also think that I don't know if this is the spot for Naomi because I do think they might have her not essentially with the bloodline, but adjacent to it. I think they will go with that route because Triple H understands, and especially if she isn't coming, if she's coming back and around without Sasha. But I just think. With a lot of times, it's like we saw with AEW this week. When you're on at a different time or on a different channel, 
you kind of got to really shoot for it a little bit with some things because I mean, no matter what you do, your ratings aren't going to be as good because you're in a bad spot, but you want to try to steal a little bit and create a little bit of buzz. So I could see like if Rousey opens the show and Naomi returns, I think that would get a lot of people to click over immediately as opposed to, like you said, if you just do a Shotzi, it's more the same. So I could see them taking a little bit of a swing this week. So if it isn't Naomi, I could see it being a little bit more of a swing, but who knows? It might be Lacey Evans. It might be Shotzi. So. I know she doesn't have that music anymore. Fucking love that song. I know. All right. Anyway, anything else you want to move on to NXT? Uh, NXT tonight, Tuesday. Uh, we have it's Tag Team Tuesday. Is that Title it? Tag Team Tuesday. Yeah. Title Tag Team Tuesday. We have Pretty Deadly taking on Blade and Offie. That's an easy win for Pretty Deadly. And we have Chance and Carter taking on Starks and Lions, a tag team that they were trying to build for the main roster. They're now building NXT. I'm a little concerned that this weird ass fucking tag team might actually beat my girls. I want the party to continue because I'm so happy for Chance and Carter and they're fun. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they turn. Do they turn? St- I don't know if they can turn Nikita Lyons heel. But it just, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird dynamic in that one. But I guess I'll take both to retain. I would think retaining is a very important piece right now because I don't think that the party girls have done much yet when since they've won. So they really need to have a signature win here. I would rather see Nikita Lyons turn on Zoe Stark. Uh, Zoe Stark to me is. Fucking like shut your ears, Guthrie. Sorry, yeah, Guthrie. She's, she's fucking boring. Yeah, she's she's, she's 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 a decent toast. enough wrestler, but there's just she's toast. She's yeah. toast. Yeah, with no butter, just plain toast. Yeah. So sorry to got sorry, Guth. I know you're usually on Nestle Island with me, but uh, not. Today. And I'm assuming you're picking your yes boys as well. Yes boy, I love them. Uh, of course. Why speaking of the yes boys, their third member, Lash Legend, is taking on Shotzi in a match that will not be good. Shotzi. All day long. Thank God. Moving on. Yeah, I mean, I hope she wins. But yeah, that match is not going to be a thing of beauty. No. Then we also, the red hooded person will be revealed for the schism. Who is it, Nestlemania? I thought it was uh, that little 18-year-old. What was it? The, the girl Chase University, Thea? Is that what they're going to do? I thought that was her. I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. I don't know. They're, they're revealing it on Tuesday. I have I have no clue. Again, I love the Grizzled Dead Vets, and I love Joe Gacy, but Schism is fucking terrible. Yeah, Schism is rough. It's fucking it's rough. It's bad, man. It's rough. I don't even know. Like, is the reveal going to be that big? I don't know. I don't know, because it's like kind of a newer... I don't know. It just is such a fucking weird thing. I think that's all we got for NXT. If they announce anything else, I don't know what it is. We're going over to Dynamite back on Wednesday night. And guess what? We have another random AEW World Championship. Rankings be damned. Penta Alzero Miedo will take on John Moxley for the AEW title. John Moxley just having a great fucking banner year with matches that are fucking all over the goddamn place. Uh, he, he over under two minutes till he's bleeding. Oh, it's I'm gonna say they literally blatantly six. show him bleeding himself yeah. now during the matches. Yeah. Uh, so for, I want to backpedal for one second. Uh, MJF and Regal's promo on Dynamite, mm. fucking awesome. That might be one of the best promos of the year. Uh, I really love that they played up the fact that Max had uh, given, uh, sorry, gotten everything handed to him, and now you know he he says I'm gonna wait till full gear and and uh, you know put in the chip and I'm gonna earn it this time. Which I was like, oh. He's going to be a mega baby face when he does that, but whatever. If he does that. I think he will. I think he's Max smart. Max is a smart guy. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I think that's what they're headed. They, they sold just, me on the pay-per-view though. Yeah, that segment. I said it and I thought it was like one of those things yeah. like, cause I'm always wishy-washy on buying them. Like if I have nothing to do on a Sunday night, I'll buy it. And I'm pretty sure that there's no Celtics that day 
or maybe it's on a Saturday. I don't even know. Who knows? But anymore. it's just like MJF Moxley. Like that was immediately when MJF won the chip. I'm like, I really want to see him feud with Moxley. Right. And that's what we're getting. And it's just like, well, the rest of the pay-per-view is probably going to have a lot of shit in it. But that match sold me. But uh, yeah. So anyway, with GCW now apparently partnering with WWE, that means uh, no Moxley over there. So... Well, they've already, that part of his new contract was his, uh, Tony Khan wanted him to not work any dates, but Moxie fought to fight, do some limited, uh, non-AW events, so. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, GCW with WWE, like, why do I care? You'll get to see your boy. You'll get to see your boy. Which one? Isn't he part of him? Cardona? Uh, he comes in from time to time, yeah, but, uh, Nick Gage is doing his business, so, you know, I'll tune into a, a car wreck every once in a while. So yeah, I like a good don't give rush. a fuck about Nick Gage. Uh, also on Dynamite, we have a number. This is a real thing. A number one contenders match for the tag team championships. FTR taking on Swerving Our Glory. I mean, at this point, it's just like all I care about in AEW, the tag division. Until I get it, FTR versus the Acclaimed. I don't care about anything else. I have a feeling though, there's going to be some bullshit here with Swerving Our Glory. I hope it's that they're breaking up during this match, but it's just like. Please, for the love of God, I want FTR. Like, FTR claimed. Like, I don't no. want any other tag matches. Terrible idea. Absolutely terrible idea. FTR should not win. Give it to Swerve in our glory. Uh, because here's the thing. Here's, here's, what I will say. here's what I will say. Yes, it is a rerun, folks. But here's the other thing. Very carefully, if you put FTR, who is like mega over, against a claim who need to get over even more with the scissoring thing. Acclaimed is like the most over there no, in the show I understand. besides MJF. I understand that. But you're one of them's got to give. You, yeah, no, FTR and the acclaimed on pay-per-view. That's I think that's do. a bad idea. I think it's no, a very it's bad not, idea. Because you have to do it eventually. It's like that's that's the match. And until but, they do it, nothing's gonna feel special. Like, oh, you really cared about last week when they fucking took on Jabroni one and Jabroni two with fucking Sterling. They the do Sterling. this all the time on AEW, so I don't understand yeah, why it's, it's different. It's useless TV. It's like this is like the first time we've been like in a long time that it's like, holy shit, I feel like we have some traction here. Okay, well, when when it, eventually this is the death of, uh, you know, the acclaim. No, because that's not like AEW, like, the way the fans are, the fucking, the rabid fucking fans. It's just like, they do babyface versus babyface all the time, and it works, like, because everything's just over. Because in AEW, everyone's like, <laughs> to everything. To everything. So when you give them two of their favorite things, they're just going to be in the crowd, like, <laughs> Thank you for leaving your heads, uh, your heads, your hands below the table. Appreciate it. Well, that. to impersonate what I'm impersonating them doing it, I'm not going to just drop it on the table. You know, I don't want to take up the whole what frame. Is it, like you throw it over your shoulder like a continental soldier? What the <laughs> fuck were you throwing out there? A fucking sausage meat? Come on. Uh, fucking, uh, you want to hear what else is on this card? Yeah, whatever. Fuck it. Danielson versus Guevara. Who Jericho cares? and Garcia taking on Claudio and Yuta. I do not care about that. I care a lot nope. more about Danielson Garvara. And then we have Riho taking on Jamie Hayter. I actually am interested in this matchup. I don't necessarily think yeah. it's going to be that bad. I think that Jamie, Jamie Hayter is amazing. Yeah. And, and Rio's amazing. Rio, when she came back the other day, was it last week or whatever on Tuesday? All I could think about was she didn't have her doilies on and she looked fucking great. Like, let's do this. You know, she does. She looks like a fucking doily. That's what it is. She, she's got these fucking frills everywhere. Just fucking, I, I don't get it. I don't get it one bit, folks. One bit, but I'm excited for it. I love Jamie Hader, so you know I'm in. Yeah, I'm a ha- I'm a hater. I'm all I'm, I'm all a lover hater. Hater. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I think that's it. Thank I God. don't have anything for Rampage. Sorry. I'm- I know it's your favorite show. I was so I wasn't gonna watch Rampage this week because I had a busy weekend, three subs in four days, and the other day I had a wedding. But I turned it on uh, yesterday before work because I was like Bored? eating my lunch and. Um, they had a certain thing that I couldn't miss, and that's Layla Gray and. Um, my girl Kira Hogan made it worth it. Every week on Rampage, there's one reason I watch it. I'm like, man, that was worth it. Everything else, you can throw it in the trash. But 
45. The storyline where they stole Jade's yes. title is so fucking stupid. Right. Because she's not a baby face. But, like, Jade's so great. Like, I'm watching it because Jade's amazing. But it's just, like, fucking Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. It's, like, fucking blow my head off. Good Jesus God. Christ. I'll say this much. Chop it off my off my head. Ram, Rampage is like 45, maybe let's say 47 minutes of nothing. And there's 13 minutes of shit you want to yeah. see. And this it's week it was Layla Gray and Kiara Hogan. Yeah. And now Willow got her moment. Good for her. A lot of people like her. We She's like great. Willow. She's great. Yeah. She's wonderful. But Rampage, fucking infuriating. It pisses so me bad. off. Pisses me off. So on that note, we hoped you enjoyed this week on the Jobber Knocker. We'll be back next week with more. Jobber knockery. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>